Welcome to another episode of the Frosty and Parenti Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. Tony is off again this week. Uh, as soon as I put his name on the podcast, his his commitment to this podcast has really taken a turn for the worst. However, the guy who has not taken a turn for the worst is with me today, intern Vince Gorgonzola. Welcome, Vince. Derek, thank you so much. And I know that you're uh, you're still kind of under the weather, so you know, kudos to you. You figure out a way to just still make it happen and come on here and give some great content to the crowd and to our our beloved audience. And I know Tony, you're in the middle of a of a move, but um, I saw Lauren's Instagram post, and it looks like you guys are pretty much done. And I know you hired movers, you know, uh, for COVID awareness. You know that that was uh, that was a reason, but I think you had some time to get on a podcast this week. Yeah, like I said, Tony's uh, Tony's commitment has been questioned. Uh, I feel like, you know, as soon as I put his name on it, he just like starts coasting. But uh, we'll give him a break because he is mid-move. Um, and as you mentioned, Vince, I'm a little under the weather. So that's why, uh, you know, your bass might be rumbling a little more in your car than usual. Uh, as uh, My voice isn't all the way there. But we're going to plow through it. And we have a very special guest with us, Vince. Uh, frankly, Having three people means I can talk less, which is probably a good thing for everybody. So welcome to the podcast, Commissioner Joe Reedy. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to bring me on. So, Joe, we had some um, some discussion just offline, and uh, I want to get into it first because you, you guys know, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that I love – any and every opportunity to rag on Tony as much as humanly possible. Now, I've talked a little bit about how we make this podcast in the past. One of the challenges with this podcast is recording, editing the content. We use Skype. We record the conversation in Skype and then kind of piece it all together. Um, I guess not piece it all together. That's not the right word. Edit through it. But it's one piece of audio one of the things that would make us sound probably next level is if we had a way to record each of us separately and then bring it all together um, you've noticed that some of our podcasts have maybe sound a little bit better when we were all together in studio but for the most part we we record separately so uh let's fast forward to the fact that the main reason that we haven't been able to do this is that Tony doesn't own a computer. Uh, he has a work a work computer, but he doesn't want to download software on that. And I get that. It's not his. That makes sense. He records on his phone. It has worked up. on. It still works. But it isn't the best. The issue, of course, being that he doesn't own a computer. And Joe dropped a shocking piece of information recently. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Joe. To, uh, to tell the story. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and there had been some, I guess I, I will provide a little bit of context. Like there had been some off mic discussions about uh, this, this little bit of news, but I did offer to Tony and uh, the timestamps, the timestamps will corroborate my story that on Wednesday, October 28th, I at, at 11.35 p.m., I asked him if he would want a old computer of mine. And I did, uh, I, I did say that it, it, it might not be the best, but it is a computer. And 
Tony, um, to, to his defense, the next day he did turn it down at a very early 6.52 a.m. But uh, the key point there is that he said that he was not interested and would not use it that much. Now, I'll give Tony a little bit of credit here. 6.52 a.m., that meant that Harper was pissing all over somewhere, and he was probably pissed off about it or at least had to wake up to make sure that Harper got outside. So he was not having any kind of, uh, you know, oh, you want a free computer text in the morning. So the barrier to us being able to next-level record was solved, and Tony's like, nah, I'm good. No problem. I'll just keep recording on my phone. And make editing a nightmare for Derek. I don't yeah. care. I mean, we've we Derek, we have solved this problem. We know what the solution is, and we've we've actually had stogies over it at Joe's house. And, you know, and on Fourth of July, we were we were well into about two six packs, twelve packs of White Claw, <laughs> and who knows what. And and we're sitting there, we're talking about it. We're like, God. You know, yeah, all you need to do is just have Tony, you know, Tony, you need to record your track separately. Derek, you record yours separately. Tony, all you need to do is just get a, a computer. No, it's just no. The answer is no. And, and and then there's a free one in his lap and he just and he still says no. I don't get it. I don't get it. He doesn't even have headphones. How do you not have headphones that, that can work with your phone? I, I don't He's doing speakerphone, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so that's funny, too. Last year, when we first started, we used video. We used Skype video. And so him and I would see each other. And, and anybody who was on the podcast in the early days of last year knows that we had we had the videos. And so that was kind of nice because you could see everybody. But we were having some audio issues. And again, if you were listening back in the first few weeks of last year, you would hear some audio dropping and, and all of that. And then the way we got around that is basically we went to straight audio calls, which changed the dynamic a little bit. And I remember Joe was on that first time that we went to the all audio and Tony and I are just like climbing on each other, talking over each other. At some point, Joe was just like, Ooh, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. And yes, it was not. It was bad. It was not good. No, to say it was the least. Not. So it took us it took us a few episodes to figure out our new flow and our new dynamic. And we figured it out. But um, yeah, so but my whole point of that is that when Tony and I were doing that, the, the headset that he was using, headset's too nice of a term, the headphones that he was using were like these free, royal blue, way too small for him headphones. <laughs> and so he kind of looked like like a bearded Scott Van Pelt with child headphones on. Like that's 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 the visual for those who who are listening who don't know what Tony looks like. Like it, it was it was so hilarious to watch. Because, like, he has them, like, fully, like, elongated. You know, like, headphones are adjustable. They are fully out. And just, like, you could see it squeezing his head, his giant dome of his, and just these bright royal blue uh, headphones. So I don't know if he's still using those or if he's just on speakerphone at this point. Uh, like I said, his commitment is is highly questioned at this point. <laughs> Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, he misses how many weeks now? And it wasn't even because it was before that he even decided to buy a new house. A lot of it was, <laughs> oh, you know, I, 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 work is killing me. OK, OK, suck it up. Let's get this podcast move, you know, moving. I, I just understand it. Yeah, Vince couldn't even work with you, basically. I mean, he, like, he could you know, have. 
he could yeah. have been coasting at this point with it with you know in, in my in, with uh, my company i mean he's he's now working you know the grass isn't green on the other side tony i try to tell you but uh you know you wanted to go and uh jump and try to try to make a name for yourself did you just stick with the the, the big uh the big swimming pool and just uh, don't go in that pond yep but I think the uh, the takeaway here is that Tony is disappointing in multiple facets of his life. Um, but hey, we wish him good luck in the move. Uh, hopefully, yeah. his new house is is very nice. This uh, is a good direction the podcast has taken. Uh, <laughs> you know, ragging on Tony instead of Steve. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you when we'll get into it here uh, in a second. But Steve's team is is terrible, and so he's doing his own ragging at this point. Uh, so we had to move on. To somebody else but i'm gonna go as far as to say this guys uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna stand by this because i think you're gonna have a, a fairly a fairly big reaction to it tony perenni is the tyler kerr of podcast co-hosts i mean i don't know why you gotta do him dirty like that derek Jeez. <laughs> you're not wrong though you're not wrong i know you know, and you 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 made the T-shirts uh, from last year with the old logo, and he was and he was disappointed in the T-shirts. Then you make the new name and and new shirts and everything, and he's still not and you know he's still not satisfied with it. There's nothing that you can do, Derek, that's good enough for him. Yet he can't even make an appearance. I don't get it. Yep, yep, story of my life. <laughs> Which I'm still waiting for my new T-shirt, by the way. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get that to you uh right away it must have got lost in the mail yeah i got lost in the mail all those ballots and stuff that they were mailing yeah <laughs> i lost in the mail it'll be there soon i've been chasing the ups guy down the street every day where's the, where's my t-shirt <laughs> not he just keeps he's got a t-shirt cannon at this point just shooting off random t-shirts to me i'm like this is not the one this isn't this isn't it <laughs> this is last year's shirt <laughs> this is the old 90s logo what the hell? <laughs> All right, boys, let's get into it with the Super Cold Open presented by Modine's 3, Letterkenny's premier home for Puppers Lager. In the first game, well, I should say, guys, this week was a tale of two types of games where we had some really close matchups and some absolute blowouts. We're going to start in the first game, which was a fairly close matchup between two guys who... If the playoffs started today, would have bye weeks. One and two in the league, each atop of their own division. Charlie Thurber's 7-3 Blue Cat Lodge going up against Kalen King's. Well, I guess he was 6-3 and three at that point. Going up against Kalen King's 8-1 uh, and one, Bob's Roethlisberger's. Charlie gets the win here, 125-121.3. to 121.3. Charlie getting an, a great game out of Kyler Murray, who nearly puts up 30. DeAndre Swift, who outperforms his projection by about 10 points. And Mike Evans, who gets nearly 20. On the other side, Kalen had another good game out of Aaron Rodgers, who looks like, you know, he's you know, Aaron Rodgers of 10 years ago. Josh Jacobs, who he was counting on having a breakout game, has another one scoring nearly 30 points. Keenan Allen, unfortunately, only gets him 13. And Robbie Anderson, who he... Mentioned last time he was on the podcast, not wanting to have to rely on uh, uh, underperforms by about 10 points, which could have been the difference there. So Kalen takes the loss here, goes down to eight and two, but still sitting atop 
the Einstein's division. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, it's uh, it was a, a battle of the titans, you know, and 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 really, uh, Bob Roethlisberger is coming down with with a loss. I mean, and now going at eight and two, and I know, you know, Kalen has started with a phenomenal season, and now he's sitting at eight and two. Is this 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 the downturn where you know he hasn't been talking any smack yet, and we know that he. Uh, uh, he's had a really a formidable team, but it, is this a is this a, 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 tur- a corner that he doesn't want to turn? I know he didn't have Zeke this week on bye, and you know, and Travis Kelsey, some of the you know two top scorers there in the in the positions. But I don't know. I I fear, I've, I smell some uh, some fear for him. Just uh, yeah, that maybe he's not going to finish the season that well. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. Um, he he doesn't have. So if we look to Kalen's next three ga- next three games, this week he has Kevin, um, who Kevin's down in the in the toilet bowl area. He's going up against Tim, who is a tough opponent, and then he finishes the year with Tyler. So I think either way, I think Kalen has all but solidified his his place in the playoffs. Although it is still a fairly tight uh, tight matchup, but he is still sitting atop. Of that of that Einstein's division, um, him him and Tim are going to be the real toss up there. So we'll see if Kalen can maintain that bye week. Um, but I don't know. I think the thing here is that Kalen can be taken out at any point, but I don't see it happening. I, if I'm Kalen, I'm not too worried about it. I'm missing two big playmakers, and Josh Jacobs looks like he is is ready to make a playoff run. So I don't think I'm too worried about it, Vince. It's fair enough. I just will say, though, his only other loss was uh, to me. So I, I, I do <laughs> say, <laughs> watch out, and the next time I get to face you. Moving on here, we see the three and six. Lil Sebastians go into town to take on the seven and two. Leave it to Beasley. Tim has put himself together a great team and a great season he wins this one 128.2 to 88.1 moving on to eight and two and tied record wise with Kalen in that Einstein's division that's going to be the matchup to watch especially as they face each other in week 12 so not this week but next week but to come back to this week Josh Allen so Tim has relied on these Buffalo Bills players and boy, did they step up for him. At least Josh Allen did this week. Gets him 27.3. Juju Smith-Schuster gets him 22. T. Higgins gets him 22.5. On the other side, Dave had a rough go. Christian McCaffrey didn't play, but he was in the starting roster. He gets zero. Uh, Drew Brees gets hurt, so he only gets seven. Uh, Naheem Hines puts up 28.5. DeAndre Hopkins, we saw that beautiful Hail Mary at the end of the game, puts up 25.7. But unfortunately, Jared Cook puts up zero. Really disappointing game for Cook once Breeze went out. So Dave not getting the game he was hoping for and Tim getting really exactly what he was hoping for. Had Cole Beasley on the bench, Tim did, uh, who would have gotten him an additional 27.9. So expect to see... Uh, Beasley back in the roster next time they face. 
Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, you know, with with uh, with, with Drew Brees going out in the middle of the, in the beginning of the game, I mean, is that the reason why Jared Cook had basically only two throws in his way? Um, it, that's a, that's a tough one for uh, for Dave. Uh, you know, you can't really. Uh, that's just kind of why you have those those uh, quarterbacks and receivers or tight ends in tandem. Uh, if you go with that kind of strategy, you, you're bound to have this risk where, you know, if your quarterback goes out or if they don't perform, they have a bad day. The rest of your roster is going to, you know, going to they're going to suffer from that. And that's exactly what Dave saw in this game. And uh, I think what's really interesting in this whole matchup is uh, we've been talking about Matthew Stafford and potentially having that breakthrough game this season. Uh, and, and he has, you know, uh, a 23 point game on the bench. And so I think, uh, you know, Derek, you and Tony have been wanting to talk about Matthew Stafford. Here it is. It's your chance. Finally get to talk about it. Ah, yeah. Great. Awesome. Let's talk Matt Stafford. Not (laughs) (laughs) moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, we see Kevin Hulix jump the shark. Go into town to take on Tyler Kerr's save by LaBelle. And unfortunately, a little bit more of the same from Tyler as Amari Cooper on bye week. Greg Zerline on bye week. And he takes the loss, 87.5 to 98.9. You know, with the 98.9, Kevin didn't really see a whole lot of production out of anybody except for Chase Claypool. Love those Notre Dame boys showing up. Uh, Chase gets him 21.3. Otherwise, a fairly disappointing showing. Russell Wilson, less than 10 points, only 9.9. Daniel Carlson, I think, is the bright spot there, 15 points. We were talking about it offline. If Ty would have put up a... (laughs) If Ty would have switched out Amari Cooper, he would have won. Uh, He would have either put in John Brown, who got 13.2, or Darius Slayton, who got 14.3, which would have... Yep, would have given him the win. If he would have switched out Tyler Higby for Rob Gronkowski, which we've been talking about for the last like three or four weeks, he would have gotten closer. He would have got four more points. Um, so it wouldn't have been enough on its own, but still. Uh, so more of the same. I don't think I have to belabor that point, but Ty has checked out. Yeah, I mean, I'll let, I'll let Joe jump in here because uh, he had some pretty good points here, but I, I will throw out that. Um, I, I noticed that Ty wasn't using Rob Gronkowski and, um, and I, with, with me and having George Kittle out on IR right now, I threw a couple trade offers out there to, to Ty, uh, trying to grab Gronk. And, uh, uh, as you can imagine, there was no activity on the other side to say, Oh, let me counter this or uh, yeah, trade accepted or whatever. So, um, it's clear that he, um, he's got a great asset sitting on his bench and, uh, completely being underutilized. I don't know that anybody's thrown out the theory that Ty has a flip phone. Cause that's, <laughs> that's the only thing that I can think of that would explain what's happening. Is it the razor? Is it, is it the good old razor? I, it, maybe I, it, probably, I don't know. Like, I feel like it is, it is, aren't they coming around again? Flip phones, but they are. Yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's been, so I have not been as, uh, you know, in tune with the typical, um, you know, league activity, but I have checked and I have noticed that there have been several weeks that uh, Saved by LaBelle has not had a fully active roster. And uh, this was another one that 
Um, it seems like the weeks that I've checked, there there have been there have been potential for wins, and this was this was another one that, yeah, you could have, you know, is is this actually this is a good question, and this might be a good uh, intern research topic, but has anybody gone over in our league? Because Ty's tracking that way, and I don't know that that's ever happened. I'm going to leave that to intern Dave number uh, or intern number one Dave because I don't have access to all the uh, all the league history like he does, so that's on him. I'm trying to remember because we had. I don't think so, Joe. I think we've had at least one win by everybody because we've had a few where like. It was O and and a lot of games, but I think at some point somebody snuck out a win. And we had Tony and I had this conversation a couple weeks back if we thought Tyler was going to go over. And I thought, despite Tyler's best efforts, he was going to sneak out a win because he's had a couple of of games where he doesn't lose by much with a with a, a a roster that isn't complete and that like by dumb luck when the bye weeks were over or whatever, he was going to get a win. And I still think that's true because as we get into playoffs, you know, bye weeks are going to be done. And I think, I think I'm going to go on a bold projection and say, Tyler doesn't take the ACT nor, nor does his team qualify for him to take the ACT. I I think he will sneak out a win because his team isn't that bad. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like, there's there's good pieces, and I, you know what? Maybe he's we've uh, you know because of I mean you know to bring back the classic Steve bashing, uh, like the 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 whole reason or the whole purpose behind the ACT was to uh, not allow tanking, and maybe you know maybe Ty's playing the long game. He maybe maybe everyone else is playing checkers. He's playing chess, and he's just gonna put together that last week. And and just in like toilet bowl championship, whoever's in it, maybe Ty's just like lying in wait, ready for it. Because I, I mean, Tampa Bay, they they like he's he's heavy on Tampa Bay, and mm-hmm. they they aren't. I mean, they're they're in a race here. So yeah. uh, maybe you know, maybe maybe he again, maybe he's seeing he he's got he's got the crystal ball that nobody else has, and he might be just playing that game of well. I'm playing for um, he's playing for one week. He's just cramming it all into one week to not be the the worst person to play fantasy football ever. Yeah. And so really? he spent he spent 50 bucks to just make sure that it doesn't go in the toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler is an RB2 away from like being fairly complete. And I'm looking here so David Johnson is the one who is he's on IR with a concussion. Yeah, ditch him. Well, but I think he might be coming back at some point. Sideline for three weeks last Saturday. So he's gonna come back for the playoffs, um, toilet bowl playoffs for Ty. But again, I think despite best efforts, if he logs in at one point during the playoffs, I don't think Ty's taking the test. But Whoever takes this roster for next year, because I don't think he's going to be Ty. Like, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, he's done with with fantasy um, by his lack of attention. Whoever takes this roster over next year, 
has some decent pieces here. And I, I don't know offhand what some of these players went for, but this is this is a solid roster. Um, now, it may be that that these guys are all at market value, and, and so there's no real keeper in here, but th- I don't know. This uh, this roster looks pretty solid. He, well, well, I, he he drafted uh, Gronk for eleven bucks just to let you know there, Derek. Yeah, that's probably not the one he's gonna. That anybody's gonna <laughs> keep. <laughs> well, and and like I, I I think this is a point worth making is that like Ty hasn't had like this bad streak of luck. Like there are plenty of other teams in this league that have suffered a lot of injuries and um and you know that it ties <laughs> Ty's, Ty's team has been relatively healthy. Uh, I, I, like, like at, at least what I've seen. And again, this is coming from somebody who maybe isn't is following it as tightly as some of the league members. But uh, if if I feel like a lot of teams would have traded Ty's bill of health for their current bill of health, and like it just kind of points to the fact that if you have like if you set a lineup in this league, you'll probably do all right, at least win a game. So I, it, it, yeah, it's a. As a as 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 a casual observer, it is uh, infuriating to watch. Like you could win games and and you don't just because of lack of, just I don't know having a flip phone. Again, I'm going back. He's got a flip phone. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Like he's got a flip phone and no laptop. So, you know, in 2020, Ty's got neither of those two things to help him set his lineup. Well, you know, I do. I oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say. I mean, I I, I think uh, the one the one silver lining to this whole thing is that at, at a minimum he's got uh, I, I think a great name saved by Labelle and and he's got Screech as his uh, as his team's logo and just seeing that face lose every single week it cracks me up internally. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it gives me a lot of a lot of joy. Yeah, it, Tyler has always been good with names and logos. Um, just not the, you know, the games, not so much there. Yeah. Well, Vince, you said at a minimum, I'd say that that's pretty much the high water mark of <laughs> Saved by LaBelle. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, another game that was not even close. Mike Engine Thrones, Body McMurray takes on Vince Corkinzola's Mahomes Improvement. And need improvement you did, Vince, as you dropped this game 127 to 81. And as Tim the Toolman Taylor would say, I think you needed some more power. Baker Mayfield puts up a rough game for you, only get you 5.4. J.D. McKissick outperforms projection for you with 18. Adam Thielen gets you 20, but just not enough there. A.J. Brown only 3. On the other side, Mike has put together a pretty good season despite a little bit of a rough game here for him. Carson Wentz only puts up 8.7. Dalvin Cook only 15. But Antonio Gibson gives him 22. And Stephon Diggs 25. So Mike moves on to 6-4. and four. He's currently sitting 4th. Oh, I'm sorry, 5th in the league. Vince, you drop down to 5-5. Five and five. Sitting in that bubble spot, if the playoffs started started today, Vince, you would be in it, but you'd be that sixth ranked team. Uh, so, Vince, what was your uh, what was your takeaway from this game? 
Well, the first takeaway is, uh, you know, and I kind of felt this uh, in the past couple of weeks that Mike's got probably the scariest team in this league, to be honest. Um, he's he's not at the top of the league, you know, almost undefeated uh, that Caleb was going on that on that track to go undefeated this season. Uh, Tony's team been putting a lot of put up a lot of points. Charlie's team is doing really well. But Mike's team, I think, has a potential every single week to go off. Um, you know, and, and, and the only, the, probably the weakest link for him is quarterback position at this point, but every other position is just, is just solid. So I, I was already afraid going in this game and then I've got, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes on by that one. I knew I was like, well, there's just no way I can win this week against uh, a juggernaut like, like Mike, you know, if I was going up against uh, Ty, I would feel very comfortable, comfortable. And I was looking at the game. Uh, I had a couple of options. I could have put in Jared Goff instead of Baker, um, and I felt confident with Baker in this game, but then you can't predict the weather. The weather was uh, probably it was one of the scariest windstorms in Cleveland uh, in a while. And and you know Baker's trying to throw out there in that, and and obviously it was a very low scoring game for both teams. Um, and and then uh, you know I've I've got the same kind of situation with uh, the injury bug. Austin Eckler has been on IR this entire season for it seems. George Kittle goes on IR. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Boston Scott had a good game, but we, I, I know that, you know, he's got, uh, Miles Sanders coming back from, uh, injury and everything. Kenyon Drake, who was one of my keepers was on, was tore something in his ankle, a ligament. So I got a lot of injuries going into this game and, uh, I, I, there's just no way I was going to come out with this, but I will say JD McKissick might be the most brilliant pickup I've ever had in my entire career in fantasy. Uh, and that was, that was really on a, on a whim. Uh, and, and I definitely was drunk when I picked him up, but you know, cross-eyed, I still figured out that that was going to be the right move. <laughs> cross-eyed and all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you bring up, you know, Mike's team being kind of scary. I agree. Quarterback is a little bit rough. Um, and he's not real deep at running back, but he is real deep at wide receiver. So if we look at his starting wide receivers this week, Terry McLaurin gives him 17. Stephon Diggs gives him 25. Allen Robinson gives him 10.3. Tyreek Hill was on a bye week, right? So Tyreek Hill's in that in that lineup. And then Antonio Brown, who he picked up, we've talked about him on the podcast. He gets 13.6. We've already talked about the fact that the, the Buccaneers had a pretty good week. So Antonio Brown picks up 13.6. So this, like, he is stacked at the wide receiver position. And I don't know if guys have tried to trade with Mike for some of these receivers or if he is concerned about the injury bug and wants to make sure that he's well covered. But Mike is is well set up at, the, at least the wide receiver position for a, a deep run into the playoffs. I think I'm pretty much on the, uh, you know, I think we need to enhance the ESPN experience and start doing like two, you know, three team trades or something because uh, I don't need new receivers, but I could definitely use uh, somebody like Dalvin Cook on my team right now. I'm sure, I'm sure, sure Mike would uh, appreciate maybe having uh, Patrick Mahomes this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. (laughs) But I don't know if you noticed, Derek, I did change my name. Uh, I so I did notice Vince and I we didn't talk about because we didn't have the podcast last week, um, but home improvement was a big a big show in my house growing up. Um, wait for the live read. Uh, Binford Tools is actually sponsoring this this episode uh, because they saw your name and they want to be a part of this podcast. So uh, thank you, Vince, for bringing home improvement into it. Tool time. Uh, and Binford Tools, proud to present 
the Frosting Printing Podcast. You know what? Uh, I mean, as a as a silent guest, I got to say, Ben for Tools, that's a big get, guys. Way to go. That's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. No um, thanks to Tony. Yeah, no thanks to Tony. He's sitting there using Ryobi. You know, <laughs> like, come on, man. Get up into that. The Benford, all right, so Benford has the 6100 collection, and we know about that. But they're now coming out. And I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, so this isn't, the, this isn't the live read, but I'm just super stoked that they're a part of it now. The 8200 series is the the professional series, but they're now selling it to to anybody. Uh, uh, so, so I don't have to go through a distributor to get the correct. 8200 series. Correct. Oh my the gosh, that is outrageous, Derek. Direct to consumer. Uh, it's it's their big announcement. Wow. Uh, so if you need, you know, again, as Tim the Toyman Taylor always says, if you need more power, the 8200 series. Uh, I, I they sent me some stuff to try out the chainsaw unbelievable it got you know, through i mean i <laughs> i was cutting down trees in the neighborhood the hoa came out and they're like hey you can do that and i'm like have you seen this chainsaw <laughs> i'm glad i'm getting this is- news before the holidays this is good this is uh <laughs> this is gonna change some shopping habits thank you yeah yeah this is fantastic yeah like like i said uh listen to the to the episode because there's gonna be an ad drop in there there's a promo code the whole thing uh, so stay tuned for that, Joe. Before you go and buy, uh, use the promo code. Well, you know, you know, like, let's just let's just let's just do it. All right. So Benford Tools, as I said, they are sponsoring this episode of the Frosty and Perenni podcast. The you're, you're familiar with the 6100 series, right? They make the chainsaws, the table saws. They make drills, impact drivers. The you name it, Benford Tools makes it. Like I said. The 8200 series, traditionally only for the that professional, that contractor level, uh, you needed to go through special distributors, now is going to be available to the general public. It's a, it's a huge drop right before the holidays. And if you use promo code FROSTY at checkout, you will get 20% off your order and free shipping. Order by December 20th. They guarantee delivery before Christmas. It's incredible. Benford Tools is, has been has been fantastic to us. They sent us a bunch of stuff. They sent it to me. They sent it to Tony. They heard Tony was getting a new house. Um, so they sent all kinds of stuff to Tony also, um, as well as actually sent Tim the Toolman Taylor and his partner Al Borland. They sent him to Tony's house. To do a live show, uh, as they as they Tony had a fence built, he had a deck built. They did a kitchen reno. Uh, they did the whole nine. So make sure you check out uh, that episode of Tool Time to see Tony's house. Uh, you'll see it before the rest of us do with COVID. But uh, yeah, Binford Tools, Binford.com, promo code Frosty, twenty percent off, free shipping. Order by the twentieth. Get it in time for Christmas. Binford Tools. We have more power. Right, is that guys. frosty? Wait, is that frosty with a Y or an I? Oh, that's you with a Y. It. Okay, all right, good. Okay, F-R-O-S-T-Y, I got it. Thank you. Y, just like the snowman. And uh, yeah, hey, listen, if you have snowman issues, you buy that Benford heat gun. That snowman's <laughs> gonna be gone in seconds. And it sounds like Santa Claus himself is gonna be delivering this. You know, that's that's pretty amazing. Oh yeah, get your get your milk and cookies out there, ladies and gentlemen. I think we've all seen, uh, you know, Tim the Toolman Taylor in the movie Santa Claus. 
so you may even get Tim Taylor delivering your Binford gifts. Uh, I can't guarantee that. Binford said not to say that on air. So, you know, <laughs> hey, take that with a grain of salt. But there's a chance that they're going to do that. So, you know, I will see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't I got I got ahead of myself there a little bit. All right. I got excited. You're so right, excited about this. All right. Back. Back to last week's action in our Sacred Heart game of the week. We saw Steve Groover's threat level midnight. He's been having a rough season going up against Tony Perenni's Pretoria FC. Tony gets the narrow victory 120.6 to 119.98. So we had less than a point difference here uh, b- between these games. Incredible matchup here. When we look at the quarterback play, Steve has Justin Herbert. He puts up 20.4. Tony has Lamar Jackson, puts up 21.4. Alvin Kamara, a big difference maker for Tony, puts up nearly 35. Devin Singletary, though, I said Buffalo had a good game. Devin Singletary did not. He only gets two. Um, But Brandon Ayuk gets 19.7. And that pretty much runs out Tony's roster of guys who are notable. On the other side, for Steve, unfortunately, that Browns defense does okay. They only get seven. Uh, Ryan Suckup, Tampa Bay had a good game. He gets 17. And again, just not quite enough. Had to be kicking himself with Deontay Johnson on the bench with 23.6 in that wide receiver spot that would have definitely gotten him the win had he played him. But what are you going to do? It is what it is. Groover drops a three and seven, Tony up to six and four. And that may be a big, that may be the, the final dagger in Steve's season. Cause he had a chance to make a run, but dropping down to three and seven. Now is going to be really hard for him to come back out of this and get into the playoffs. So this might, uh, this might be mathematically, it hasn't eliminated Steve, but this might realistically uh, end Steve's playoff hopes. Yeah, you know, you look at Steve uh, with with Saquon Barkley going down uh, for the year, and that that's a really big blow, obviously, uh, to to his where you put a lot of your 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 draft stock in. Uh, so that that that's a huge uh, a hurdle for him to to get over for the season. And then he also makes the I felt questionable trade with Lamar Jackson to Tony. And guess what? I mean, you know, while you you can do all the math for everybody else on the roster in, in this week, but the difference in quarterback play here gives Tony the win. And and he gave Tony Lamar Jackson. So I think uh, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I think that 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 Steve, it's a little difficult for him to jump out of this. And uh, coming from somebody that was uh, undefeated, um, he seems to be slipping down a slope that, uh, you know, I, I, are we talking about Steve potentially taking the the the, the ACT? Oh, man, I don't know if he's that bad. Do you think he's that bad? Well, if he faces Ty with Ty with an actual roster, maybe he's that bad. I mean, like in fairness, Vince, I mean, Steve is second to last place. Like if playoffs ended today, he's in the ninth spot. So he would go up against Dave, um, Tyler versus Kevin. And and we very well may see Steve and Tyler in the in the toilet bowl championship. So I don't think your point is way off. I don't think Steve's team is that bad that but I don't I don't know. I don't know. We've seen him a couple times not score a hundred. 
Yeah, I just think there's too many uh, variables on his team. You know, Julio Jones is probably right now his best player, in, in my opinion. Um, and and you know, obviously he was on bye this week, but he's the one that's going to probably give you the most consistent points out of his roster. And and and, and from there, uh, he's still been inconsistent all year and, and, and also injury prone. So I think he's one more injury away from being the, the team that has to take the ACT. Oh, I I couldn't be happier. I you know, uh, dethrone him from his undefeated season the, the the season before, and then watch him just continue to spiral down to the to the <laughs> at no pun intended uh, in the toilet bowl and 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 lose it all. Guys, I gotta say, oh, go ahead, Derek. What were you gonna yeah. say? Go ahead. Well, you know what? I think the biggest like. Uh, you know, knife in the side for Steve this week is the fact that so it, it was a tight matchup, like uh, um, like not the not like the the tightest margin we've had this year, but pretty close. Like it might be the bronze medalist, and the guy to do it to him was none other than his wife's like favorite NFL player. <laughs> so I'm sure she was like asking like. Hey, how, how's Alvin doing this week? So I I don't think that went over well. And uh, I mean, this is this is a completely married podcast crew. So I feel like this this crew specifically can imagine, you know, you're, you 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 make your pot. I mean, you make your your lineup. You set everything. You're ready to go. And then the one guy that your wife likes. <laughs> is the guy that goes off that week. What was he? Plus, yeah. He's like plus almost 15. That's yeah. the guy. Yeah. yeah. That they're going to ask about. The guy that they're going to ask about goes off for 15 over their projection, <laughs> and you lose by basically half a point. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome, Joe. Because, yeah, when we had we had Melissa Groover on last year uh, to pick games, and she picked Tony over Steve that week, uh, so it was probably last season, you know, last week, last season, um, she picked Tony over Steve in a shocking pick. Tony and I were both speechless because of Alvin Kamara. And it was it was a fantastic pick. So I think you're absolutely right. And that has to hurt so bad if you're Steve, because, you know, Melissa's rubbing it in, too, because at some point, Melissa has asked Steve, well, why didn't you pick him up? And now every time Alvin Kamara goes off. And Steve doesn't have him. And if he loses because of it, it's just going to be like, well, you should. I told you to pick him up. You should have picked him up. <laughs> you know that she didn't watch that game. They, they, he shut that, that. He probably threw the remote through the TV as watching the game. If uh, that game was on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and now with with. Um, I, I, with Taysom Hill getting to be the quarterback now, at least that's what uh, sources are saying out of New Orleans. I think we're going to see a lot of interesting, uh, interesting plays. But I think you know Alvin Kamara is going to continue to be heavily featured, and they're going to rely on him even more with Drew Brees out. So this is uh, this is going to be fun to watch. But uh, yeah, this has been well. So the, the thing I was going to bring up there, Joe, was I remember sitting at pickles and pi- pickles and pints in in was that Wycliffe. And we were talking about what the penalty should be for this league back when we didn't have a penalty yet. 
And we were talking about the ACT because at that point we had come off of the season where Steve tanked. And so we all had the envision of who was going to be doing whatever penalty we, we came up with. And in our heads, it was Steve. And then he goes on the run. And, you know, last year we we're talking about him being a dynasty and all this stuff, which I think I think that talk is is over for sure. But as Vince says, you know, Steve might be taking the ACT like there's a piece of me that is real giddy right now with this possibility, because this was the dream was that whatever terrible downside we were going to put up, come up with whatever terrible punishment we were going to come up with. Steve was going to do it. And if that happens this year. I am going to lose. I'm going to be so happy. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Like, I, like, so, I mean, he's basically like, you know, why there are like insider trading rules in the SEC. <laughs> like he is the reason why there are laws against insider trading because he was the guy that was like, all right, I see this, you know, I see this gap in the rules and I'm not going to honor it. So I'm just going to tank intentionally. And, you know, it's not like his team, like he, he did everything in his power so that he could pick up keepers. And then also, by the way, that was at a time when there was a, there was, there there was a flat, there was a flat structure in terms of the fee structure, right? Like now, now it's progressive. Like every keeper is an additional fee. Isn't that? I think it was. Didn't you get one or two for free, and then you had to pay a tax above that for like? Yes, yeah. So, 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 like, yeah, we restructured the fee structure. You know, the specifics aren't important, but basically, like, uh, we there, there was some restructuring that went on afterwards, and now they got like the whole, the whole scheme is built on. Or remember when? Remember when that one guy did that one thing? Like, that's that's him, and now he's doing horribly. And I'm really glad that you know. He's he's still in school because he might really, you know, he might need to lean on whatever knowledge he has to be able to take that ACT because well, can can you refresh my memory what did what did Ty get again? Ty got a t- 27? I thought it was a t- was it a tw- tw- 29? Oh. I feel like I'm good with numbers. He got a 29. 29 is what he got initially. He didn't get a 29 again though. Hmm. All right. Well, you know, we're 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 setting Dave a lot of work here, uh, intern number one. But we need some we need some numbers. But yeah, like we'll we'll see because you know if you lose to somebody who's that bad at fantasy football, it says a lot about you. You know, in the on standardized testing, it says a lot about you. Yeah, I do think we need to start talking about logistics though, because obviously Steve being uh, in Tennessee. Um, you know, and, and the rest of us being mostly in Ohio, somewhere in Ohio, uh, what do we do in terms of getting him out here or do we all make a trip to, to Nashville or something, you know, and, and, and to, to really do this right to make sure that we have a, a proper ACT test taking uh, where we can be handing him shots of four loco or something? I am for whatever leads to like it happening in person because I want to see it. I want to watch his face as it all just like it all hits him um, of how terrible he's doing. Like I, I, I want that. I don't want a virtual. I don't want to find out later how he did. I want to watch it happen. Oh yeah. 
and 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 if we can uh, plug shamelessly uh, the amazing smoked uh, ribs and wings (laughs) that you made, uh, we need to make sure that happens again. So if we got to fly your smoker out down to you know Tennessee, uh, I think we just got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing we have to start doing right now is somehow procuring the original four local recipe because uh i had forgotten about that and i think we need to get some because i would love to see somebody take a standardized test on four loco that would be a oh yeah let's do that yeah we need to make this happen and uh the the introduction of four loco events you know a, a plus stuff man I appreciate it. And we, he's going to have four loco and Cheerios for breakfast. He's going to have four loco as his orange juice, as you know, to get ready for it. And then, you know, just a water bottle full of four loco. I'm right. all, I'm, I'm all for that. And not that watered down formula. I want to. We're going to go on eBay. We're going to find the original formula, the one that like had had to get recalled. Like we had too much caffeine. And too much of all the other stuff. That's the one I want. That's Wasn't the one. Was the caffeine we need. the main piece? Like I, they yeah, sell I mean, yeah. caffeine tablets. We can make this happen. Okay. Well, you know. All right, Derek. You're a pharmacist, so yeah. Whatever. We yeah. We, we'll make it happen. We 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 have a lot of minds on this, and we'll get it to go. Well, maybe we'll just get wine and put caffeine in it. Whatever. We got it. <laughs> uh, we should say the Frosty and Pretty podcast does not condone trying to make the original version of Four Loco. It was recalled for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, Hey, we have to throw that out there, but if anybody knows the recipe, let us know. Yes. Yes. And this is just the ramblings of a road commissioner. That's all I'm saying. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> all right. And that will do it for our super cold open presented by Modine's three letter Kenny's premier home for puppers locker. All right, Joe. So, you know, this is your first year in a couple years that you are, you're not in the league. You're really you're serving in that commissioner role. Um, how has that transition been going for you? So as you know, I, I guess, I guess the short version is I'm enjoying it. Uh, cause it's basically transitioned me from somebody who watched a lot of football to somebody who just basically watches the Browns week in and week out. And, um, with the season that they've been having, it's been overall positive. So, I, like, I'm 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 an excited Browns fan as opposed to a, uh, I, I guess, semi miserable fantasy football fan. <laughs> well, I'll say you know because I'm kind of in a fairly similar boat as you, right? So I've been out for a couple years now, and it's it's funny because that the fantasy football piece, it would take up a lot of your thought, you know, as you got into the weekend and that, and I'm with you. Like if I catch the games on Sunday, like, so I usually watch the Browns game. So I'm, you know, a big Notre Dame fan. So I always watch the Notre Dame game on Saturday. I watch the Browns game on Sunday. And then like kind of depending on what's going on is whether I watch the rest of the games or if I throw red zone on or whatever. Um, but other, a lot of weeks I just like do other things and it's fairly like stress free on Sundays now. And so it, uh, as much as I enjoyed fantasy football while I did it. And as much as I love this podcast, uh, it is, there's something nice about not being involved with it week in and week out. I, uh, well, yeah, I, I agree. And, but I, I also, so there, there, there's also the other part of me that I do get to 
And I feel like the folks that have been involved in like our discord, like I have thrown out like polling type questions and I am kind of fairly active in, in the, like I would call like our discord community. So there are parts of me that definitely like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm playing both sides of the fence here. So uh, I do there, I, I do enjoy the fact that like beyond one, basically one game a Sunday, I am pretty much carefree. However, there is something to, you know, the nuts and bolts of setting a lineup and, and doing the research and doing all that. And uh, I, I guess my takeaway is overall, I am, um, I'm, I'm, I'm net happier with the decision I've made, but uh, if you took away the the kind of the community piece of it, I, I would it, it would definitely it would definitely be lacking. So, yeah, I guess I get the best of both worlds by being this uh, you know our the, the 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 commissioner money guy in our league. So it's a good thing. <laughs> you know, and that that's uh, it's it's a cool thing too because this is this is the main social thing that our group of friends does now, right? So like if you're not a part of it at all you kind of miss out on a big social aspect of what we do. And I think this year of, of all years is super important. And so we've had some offshoots in that discord with the cigar lounge. And uh, at one point we had the shit report um, <laughs> where you would <laughs> describe your bowel movements based off of the, the chart. I'm sorry. I'm losing it here. That was <laughs> like two weeks. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Yeah, I mean, it fizzled, but, you know, yeah. If for anybody who's, you know, for our new listeners, uh, the Bristol Miles stool scale, uh, you know, you can you can you can look it up. Just see with the numbers and, you know, let us know. Yeah. I feel like that's what the doctors actually asked me on the Bristol Miles stool scale. How have your shits been for the past few weeks? Yeah. And like, Answers well. were. <laughs> liquidy obviously every single night <laughs> it's all that bourbon that's right <laughs> well derek i have something for you yeah so you brought up both the browns and notre dame yeah and um you also in the discord brought up uh fandom and i believe your uh well I'm paraphrasing, but idiots who stick with like basically, well, idiots who stick with a team and people who should be a bandwagon fan. So I, like, I, I guess, you, does that same logic apply to your fandom to Notre Dame? Okay. So this is complicated and I make up the rules as I go a little bit. Ah, nice. So, mm-hmm. so I have, I have traditionally on the professional sports circuit, been what most would refer to as a front runner um and i'm gonna get to why in a minute so you like the yankees and the red Sox? wow so (laughs) i went through so when we like when you're talking like the the end of the the 2000s you know when when jeter and a rod and and all that like those guys were there like i was a big yankees fan i truly was um and like i have a gronk jersey Right? How did because... you not get hit more? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I was a Yankees fan, um, and and I I would kind of bounce around like I was always like a Browns fan kind of, but I was a huge fan of Peyton Manning. So I was I would you know with the the Colts and then the Broncos, I always loved watching Tom Brady, all of that. 
So if so on the professional side, I believe that you these teams like there's tradition and there's all these things a lot of times with the college side, which is different to me. But on the professional side, it's not right. It's the business. And the players keep telling us the owners keep telling us it's a business. So that's fine. So what I used to refer to was the paper towel theory. And basically it is that, you know, if if everything else was equal, would you purchase a paper towel that didn't absorb liquids or would you purchase a paper towel that absorbed liquids really well? And of course, obviously, you're like, well, I want the good paper towels. So why would I, using the same logic, root for a team that is probably going to lose when I could instead say, oh, this is a better product that they're putting on the field is more exciting to watch. It is more what I want to spend my time doing. And I can I can I'll get less emotionally invested overall, but I'll get more return on my emotional investment because the team is good. Versus if you're you know if you're a Browns fan, you, you think about, you know, you're okay, so we're all in our like, you know, late twenties, early thirties for the most part. You've been a Browns fan since nineteen ninety-nine. And how often has that paid off for you emotionally? Well, the answer is a few times when they've made playoffs, but it's only a couple few times. You're not getting deep playoff runs. You're not getting Super Bowl appearances. You're not getting Super Bowl wins. So that fandom has not paid off for you emotionally as much as, frankly, my emotional fandom has when I was rooting for the Colts and they won Super Bowls. And we go into Super Bowls, like, I'm usually rooting for the Patriots because I loved the product that they put on the field. Um, now, obviously, sometimes they lost, right? And so those kind of those games kind of sucked. But at the end of the day, I wasn't as emotionally invested anyways. Um, and, and I know that you guys are going to have different opinions on this, and I'll, I'm going to... I want to hear those out too. But what is different to me about the college experience is that I think instead of buying into the product on the field, in my opinion and in my experience, I'm more buying into the overall product. So the product that is Notre Dame sports. And so like Notre Dame becomes my favorite football team college football team they become my favorite college basketball team they become my favorite college lacrosse team women's basketball team hot you know college hockey team like I, i'm buying into the product that is notre dame athletics um and and there's a kind of you know both sides my mom's side of the family my dad's side of the family has been big notre dame fans for years um there was a family tie when my dad was a kid so he he got to go in the locker room do the pregame meals um, while you know, for a couple of years, while the the family connection was playing at Notre Dame, um, so there there's deep seated family um, fandom to Notre Dame that has kind of stuck with it. So I do have two different views on it from the college side and the pro side, um, and so I get when somebody like Kalen says, "Yeah, I'm a big college fan, but not necessarily a big pro fan." But uh, but yeah, that's why I'm I'm an absolute front runner when it comes to professional sports. Yeah, and from from my perspective, uh, I I think that um, the the family thing has a big uh, factor in, into the whole fandom thing. I I I know for me, I mean, it's it, it was screaming at the TV for years uh, when the Browns were playing every single Sunday, and having my uncle come into town, having my grandfather come over and screaming Malokia, 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 which is an Italian thing, basically for saying. 
uh, bullshit or whatever. I don't know, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, that, that whole experience really jettisoned my, my Brown's, uh, uh, love and, and, and no matter what, I mean, he did, it wasn't just the fact that I, that I hated, um, the fact that we lost, but it was just that, that feeling, that connection, um, that was a big part of it. If it was for any other team, it didn't have to be the Browns. I probably would still be that fan, uh, to, to this day. And when the Browns went away for four years, I actually became a Dallas Cowboys fan. And, um, and there was no real reason except for the fact that I liked the way the uniforms looked. And, uh, I remember, uh, I, I, I had, um, uh, my, my, my grandfather won, won the lottery for a small amount and gave all the grandkids and kids, uh, like 50 bucks and go, go to the, you know, do whatever you want with it. And I bought a, a Dallas Cowboys hat, really nice one. And I just became that fan for, for whatever reason, there was nothing that was tying me to it. Um, I just didn't have the Browns to root for. And then similarly, you know, uh, sometimes I think it's sometimes a, a player that can actually do it for you. Um, and before LeBron James, I didn't really care for basketball. I never watched it. And then LeBron James gets drafted by the Cavs. And all of a sudden, I'm a huge basketball fan and I'm a Cavs fan. And um, and I and I really questioned like when he left and went to Miami, I hated him for it. Um, and, and there was really no justification for it for me. Um, I, I was a bandwagon fan for sure. But then when he came back to Cleveland, I loved him again. Uh, and then I started to grow up and understand his reasons. And then he went to Los Angeles and I was rooting for him. And I was all of a sudden a Lakers fan when I was against them before when he was facing them. I remember like on Christmas Day. So it's very interesting to me how my perception of how you become a fan of either a player or a team. Peyton Manning was another one of those. You know, he was a, such an amazing talent and brain on the field that I just I, I did hope that he won, especially when it felt like he didn't win enough championships for how good he was. And so you start rooting for that. Um, so I think there's many reasons why you can root for another team and multiple teams. Um, I, I and, and I think just when it comes down to family is probably the biggest one uh, that that drives you. Uh, if your family is interested in something uh, and you grew up with that, you probably are going to are going to hold that for the rest of your life. If you didn't grow up with that, then you have a completely unbiased opinion and you can make it based on whatever experiences that you've gained. But there's probably something that's going to pull you to one team that all of a sudden, you know, early on sets sets you uh, sets you up for that being a fan of that team for the rest of your life. Yeah, well, in, in hearing both you guys talk, I will say that I can understand Derek's position in being what I assume is a Notre Dame fan and a Browns fan um, in his formative years. So, yeah, it, that that makes a lot of sense. And um, like Vince, like I, I'm pretty sure your position on LeBron is like all of Cleveland, because Cleveland Clevelanders as a as a general population. Um, definitely basketball is lowest on the list. Um, so yeah, like if, if, if the basketball, if, you know, if the Cavs are doing well, people are like, oh, that's great. If they're not, then they're like, well, when does either baseball or football season start so that <laughs> the new, that that team can start doing well. And, uh, I, you know, like on that front too, um, I hope they keep paying Terry Francona because he's like the one, you know, he's, he's the one thing of consistency in professional sports in Cleveland. So fingers crossed for him. So shout out to the baseball guys on this podcast, because I hope the Indians are, you know, remain competitive. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And I, I really like what you said, Vince, about like the, the players, because, and, and I think, I think a big thing too 
is that I feel like, and Joe, I don't know, maybe maybe your experience is different. I feel like we got a little bit cheated growing up in Youngstown because, like, it's a it's a generally football, baseball, but you're smack dab between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And so, you know, even within, you know, families, you have Browns fans, you have Steelers fans. That, that short time that we lived in the Cleveland area, you know, when the – so that's the year that the Cavs won the championship. The the Indians nearly won the World Series. You know, we had season tickets to the, the Lake Erie Monsters, now the Cleveland Monsters. They win the championship. And the Calder every, Cup, Derek. Why don't you call sorry, it? The Calder Cup. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody is all in on – and that was the, the phrase. But everybody was, was, was all in on Cleveland teams. And, and coming back down to Youngstown during those times – it wasn't that way, right? Like you had the Cleveland fans, or I'm sorry, the Pittsburgh fans who were kind of dismissing the Cavs championships or, or the championship run because, well, Pittsburgh doesn't have a, a basketball team. And so who's a basketball fan anyways? And, you know, the the Pirates have been terrible forever. So, that, you know, they, they kind of were like, whatever on that, like, well, we still have football. But when you're in those cities or near those cities and everybody is a fan and that is the discussion at work, at home, at, at you know, you go out to dinner and everybody's talking about the Cavs. Everybody's talking about the Indians. It is a really special thing. And so I think because I didn't grow up near near enough to one particular professional sports city, I think that's why my fandom for professional sports is kind of like eh. Um, but I will say this on a kind of a to side note. Because I grew up a fan of Notre Dame, I also grew up, and and the rest of my family doesn't necessarily feel this, but I do. I hate, hate, with a passion, hate Ohio State. Because, like, everybody's an Ohio State fan, except for me. And so, like, I root every year for them to lose. And, like, yeah, it has nothing. Lose, yeah, it has nothing to do with how well they've done that in that time period either. So yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, well that's yeah. So I, I root for them to lose um, actively every week, uh, especially in the playoffs when I know that it means they won't win a championship because I can't I can't bear to to stand Ohio State winning championships. Uh, Big game this week, Eric. Big game this week. I know. Hey, I will say though, I uh, honestly I loved watching Notre Dame. Beat up on them Tigers, man. It was fantastic. It was the best. That was a heck of a game. Yeah. You know, Dabo can, like, you know, I, I hope Dabo felt Jesus. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's, I think you're going to see, you know, if, if things keep rolling, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State in that top four. Um, plus, you know, is it Alabama? I don't know. But um, it, it'll be fun to watch. And I don't, I think Notre Dame and Clemson are in the same division uh, in the ACC so they won't face each other in the ACC championship um, for this one year that Notre Dame's in the ACC so um, I don't look forward to a Notre Dame Ohio State matchup in the playoffs because I I don't think Notre Dame's good enough to beat Ohio State but I didn't think they were going to beat Clemson so we'll see This was a this was a little fun uh, fun side project here that we just did. I I enjoyed that, but yeah, I uh, I've been a Yankees fan, I've been a Patriots fan, been a Packers fan, um, 
yeah, I will, when in doubt, be rooting for the front runner. God, I, well, now, now I feel bad because I feel like we're gonna have the longest podcast. Everyone's gonna be like, "This is two hours and twenty minutes." Fuck off, and no <laughs> one's gonna listen. Um, there's a chance of that, but <laughs> I'll I think, listen. I think the main anger is going to come at me for just being an absolute bandwagon fan and like That's unapologetically fine. a bandwagon fan. Oh. Well, I well, I, like legitimately, I would Derek. I was like, I was honestly thinking about you specifically when I was watching that game happen. Like, I was so happy. It would like, and, <laughs> and and by the way, I think that like, I think they would have won. Like, I wish Trevor Lawrence would have started. I honestly do because I think they would have won regardless. I don't think it would have mattered. Because no, I don't either. Because that freshman dude. And so first off, Clemson is going to be good for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, but but, but wait, but 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 the but the wait. When you say that freshman, is that the running back? No, the quarterback. He put up a ton of yards in in the air, but Notre Dame oh. completely stopped the running game. I think ETN only had like thirty four yards or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like and, and ETN's been playing there for like I don't know eight years. Like yeah. like I I feel like that guy's been there for forever. He's like Van Wilder. Yeah. 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 Do we want to do we want to talk about breaking news? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> um, a late night uh, trade just got proposed. Ooh, and and it was uh, it was uh, it was proposed and accepted. Uh, Dave Peschins, the little Sebastian's trades Christian McCaffrey, drops Jared Cook, and trades Mike Davis to Mike Engine Thrones Bonnie McMurray for Antonio Gibson. Jonathan Taylor and Stefan Diggs. So it's interesting. We just talked about, oh, wow, Mike got some really good wide receivers. And here he lets go of his main one, Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs, sorry, uh, to get Christian McCaffrey. And I, I think this is just, and this is incredible. This is this is uh, the classic podcast content. And they, they must have known that we were recording right now and to make us want to talk about this live. This is amazing. Wow. That is it's okay. All right, Vince. Nice job, bud. Look at you getting that intern role and, and keeping it. I got about six screens going, and I got all the news uh, notifications popping up in any given moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so Mike's gonna get the Christian McCaffrey and the Mike Davis handcuff. So that's a really big pickup for for Mike. <laughs> and I'll, we talked. <laughs> nice. Jesus. <laughs> we talked about. Um, you know, the, the wide receiver, he was doing really well, but at running back, he was a little bit shaky. So he has both guys now coming in for essentially uh, Antonio Gibson and Jonathan Taylor he's giving up. So that's not bad. And then uh, Stephon Diggs, he's sending over. But like we said, he he's going to be well set up there at the wide receiver. So I think this is a, this is a great trade that gets both teams set up um, for exactly what they were missing. Yeah, I, I, it's it's really incredible. I mean, I know uh, Dave's team has been cornerstone around Christian McCaffrey for a while. Obviously, kept him for quite a bit this year, so there's not a lot of to- uh, keeper value for next year, uh, especially after the injuries. And uh, Carolina's not the same team without Cam, but um, I think I think he's still got a lot of value, uh, especially for the rest of this season. And for for Mike, that's a great pickup to say. You know, I definitely know that I don't have depth here at the running back position. And to your point, 
either one goes down, he's got both of them now. So that's that's really that's critical. Um, and, and Mike Davis, when Christian McCaffrey would go out, Mike Davis really stepped in and did a nice job and got some points. So uh, letting go of Stephon Diggs and has a lot of players he can throw in still from the bench. I think I honestly believe that uh, that that <laughs> Mike won this trade. Um, and now Jared Cook's out there on waiver wires. So um, I know you got a different, you don't have Drew Brees, th- Drew Brees throwing to him, but what do uh, quarterbacks do when, you know, they're, they're fresh or young or uh, um, they're, they're still not sure of the game plan. They're going to use their tight ends as uh, pacifiers. So I think there's still some value out there for Jared Cook. Anybody, um, me included, that are looking for some tight ends, they're going to start looking at that, uh, that market. I'm not sure Mike necessarily wins this trade. I think this is more of a, uh, a opportunistic trade. Um, we'll see. And actually, Dave and Mike play each other last game of the season and might have uh, some big playoff implications there, um, namely for Mike, who's who's kind of a bubble team. Dave, if he goes on a run, can be a bubble team. But I uh, I don't know if I go so fast so go so far to say that. Mike has already won this trade. I think this is more of a, I mean, obviously when you see Christian McCaffrey, you know, flying around, uh, that's a, you know, that's a big name, but so is Stephon Diggs. So that's a, it's a fascinating one. Hey, I, I, well, I just think that like, this is a, um, if basically if Mike can kind of weather, um, weather the storm and get into the playoffs, I think that this is like a, a move that puts him in a position to where people are like, Oh wow. Like that is the, that is the team I don't want to face. Like that's the kind of the team that's squeaked in that I don't want to face. And Vince, you said it earlier, like that's a, you know, Mike's kind of the scary team. And I think, you know, like, like that team with a healthy, like McCaffrey, I mean, that's a, it's got a lot scarier. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. And, and, and like, you know, his big weakness that we talked about is quarterback. And honestly, like, uh, you got to start looking at matchups late, late in the year. You can, you can find, I, I well, you know, if you have everything else set and QB is kind of potentially a question mark, you might be able to pick, like kind of ride the wave and find some people to just do just enough to where, I mean, I mean, like, you know, McCaffrey's a top tier Top top tier running back. So you're 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 talking about if that if that dude goes off, you're 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 bound. I mean, he's he's got he's got a few players that if they go off, uh, they're they're and they do can like not maybe not consistently, but those players go off like a McCaffrey or, I mean, like somebody like a Tyreek Hill comes to mind too. Those guys go crazy and then all of a sudden they score forty points and you're, you know, you're one fifty plus. It's really tough to beat. So I think that for Mike, basically, if he can kind of get into the playoffs, this is a this is the this is the kind of like the team that squeaked in that you don't want to face. Yeah. No, I agree. Love it. All right, Vince. Nice job, bud. <laughs> Fun. All right, guys, let's get into it. The conference call presented by McLaren's Pub. We have a great slate of matchups for you. We're going to start with Tony Perenni's Pretoria FC taking on Tyler Kerr's Saved by LaBelle. And this one is projected to be a gimme for Tony. Now, we are recording on Friday night, so the Thursday game is over. 
So keep that in mind as I give these projections. But Tony's projected 142 to Tyler Kerr's 85. And as we've seen before, right now, as of Friday night, Ty has Wayne Gallman on a bye week running back in the roster and 49ers defense on bye week in the roster. So um, I, I'm guessing he's not going to change that. So 85 is probably the number that he's going to be projected. On the other side here, Tony has Lamar Jackson projected for 22.3. Devontae Adams projected 22.1 going up going up Indianapolis defense. And Dallas Goddard, 10.6 going up against Cleveland, uh, who has that young linebacking core um, and, frankly, a quarterback who hasn't been able to do much. So that will kind of be the, the one I'm circling there to see what Dallas Goddard can do for the Eagles and for Tony. But um, he already got 21.7 out of Tyler Lockett. So Tony looks like he's pretty much going to run away with this one. Uh, so, Vince, I'll go to you first. Uh, you, uh, I assume you're taking Tony. Yeah. Joe? <laughs> Listen, I say Tony puts his best seven out there, just like Ty does. And we see what happens, right? That's my challenge with Tony. Just, you know, put, like, don't start, you just, just don't start a defense. And what, like, you know, no tight end or what was it? Yeah. No, uh, no, no, no defense. defense. Yeah. And no RB2. And just see what happens, man. You know, let's okay, let's okay. let's go, let's go, man for man. I'm actually really in favor of that. Let's give Ty the handicap and <laughs> and and see and see really who can come out as a winner. I I I think this is a really special take here because uh, uh, there, there's un, there's only one way to make this game interesting, and that's that's it right there. Yeah. So if we do that, the new projection 121 to 85. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, real nail biter. You know what, yeah. Tony? You can do whatever you want, man. But uh, just throwing it out there, you can. Uh, you still have eight yet to play, and Ty has seven. And yeah, that's that's where this game is at right now. Yeah, and you know, and this is I, I'll say this is kind of the downside of of Ty checking out because this is a game where Tony should struggle with four guys on 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 bye week. Um, so, but. He's going to sneak through here. He's going to get a big win. And honestly, for Tony, having four guys on by projected 141, regardless of who he's playing, uh, is an incredible thing. Tony's another team that can be scary. I don't think he's, going to, he's not going to make a play a championship run, I don't think. But Tony's team can score 160 or 180, and the next week score 80. I would not want to face him in the playoffs because he can go off at any point. Um, and we'll see if he does it this week. Or not, but uh, yeah, I think it's a clean sweep from all of us to take Tony. Moving on, we see Tim Taft's eight and two. Leave it to Beasley going up against Mike Engine Throne six and four. Bonnie McMurray. Now the fact that it's Friday, uh, I'm trying to think if that trade will go through in time for Sunday. I don't think it does. Is it 24 hours or 48 hours? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, it's, is it in the league rules? Because I can, I as an intern, I can make that uh, research real quick. You know what? No, it is in the league rules. But we made a if if there's a quick vote, you can hold a quick vote um, if it's going up against playing time. So he may. Okay, so we'll go the projections with the current roster, but recognize that he may be getting 
Um, well, Stephon Diggs is on bye week this week. So we'll uh, let me take a peek over here at Christian McCaffrey. Mike, oh, Christian McCaffrey's out. So Mike Davis is projected 18.3. Uh, so we'll do some quick math here. So let's say plus three. So one, so Mike is going to be projected 142 to Tim's 124. Um, so about an 18 point spread there. Uh, so Vince, we'll go to you first. Who do you think takes this one? So I, I just FYI, I looked it up, and it is a, a day on the trade. Obviously, if you get a quick vote in, so I'm going to go with the fact that Mike gets, you know, the trade. And he gets Christian McCaffrey. He has to get rid of uh, Stefan Diggs here, um, who is on by anyway. So that's a that's a really great thing for him in this week. Um, I I really think uh, that, like I said, Mike's team is is quite scary, and uh, it gets scarier, especially even in this week if he gets uh, Christian McCaffrey. So I'm 100% going with Mike's team here. Um, and and Tim, I know uh, uh, you you have that draft magic that is you know it's not uh, it's obviously been working out for you sitting at eight eight and two. It's pretty pretty amazing. But I don't think you can recover from. Uh, from this block bluster, blockbuster trade that just happened. Joe? Well, well, I'm I'm a little confused because I'm looking at Mike's starting lineup and somehow Taysom Hill is like listed as a QB and a tight end. <laughs> so, oh. so so basically wow. basically if he gets if he gets Taysom Hill to start a tight end, I'm picking uh, Bonnie McMurray. But if somehow that changes I like leave it to Beasley because like, cause like that's a big, I mean, he, he's got at the tight end position, he's got Taysom Hill and then his flex is uh, Mark Andrews of the, um, of the Ravens. So like those, those are both guys that kind of, well, I mean, Hill, like it's, I mean, like basically Taysom Hill's put like projected at, I think 18 yeah. or something like that. But, but yeah. uh, no, that's, that's, that's big for a, a tight or it's huge for a tight end, even a flex that's big. So, I think it all boils down to how they classify Taysom Hill in the ESPN, uh, you know, ecosystem. But beyond that, like I like I like Tim's leave it to Beasley. That's a really interesting take. I I, I and I just read through the ESPN's uh, 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 notes there, and it sounds like at least for this game, he's probably going to continue to hold that tight end and QB. Uh, tag so maybe going forward it would change uh, depending on you know the status of Drew Brees and who they actually name as their starting quarterback going forward but for this week for sure I mean you have two quarterbacks <laughs> starting for you oh that's that's deadly wow yeah I didn't reckon I didn't realize that that is huge so <laughs> Mike's gonna be able to play two quarterbacks essentially now now so what the what the Saints have come out and said is that Taysom Hill is going to start. They didn't say how much he's going to play. So is that to throw off, you know, the the Falcons this week, you know, as they you know try to game plan for Taysom Hill and it ends up being Jameis Winston. Um, I don't think Jameis has shown you anything that says he should start over Taysom Hill. But I think it was telling that when Drew Brees went out, it was really Jameis that came in. So um, wow, yeah. So at least this week, Taysom Hill is going to be quarterback and tight end ESPN will reevaluate. So uh, as moving forward, so if they continue to kind of use him in both roles this week, you, they may be able to play this game where Taysom Hill stays 
as both quarterback and tight end. That's fascinating. Um, I'm going. I'm going engine throne for that because he's going to get quarterback numbers in the tight end spot. Um, plus Mike Davis, I think he's going to have a good game. So uh, I will go. I will go Bonnie McMurray here. That is fascinating. Um, one oh, so one another thing I want to talk about here. Um, so Mike has, if we look at games ahead, he's got Tim this week. Uh, Vince, he's going up against you next week, and then Dave the week after that. So as Mike is trying to make this playoff run, he does not have an easy sledding here. Um, as as Dave is probably the easiest one on that roster. But I'm looking forward next week, Vince, you and Mike going against each other for major playoff bubble implications. That's going to be I'm fascinating. St- I'm still recovering from the, the beating that I took from him last week. I, I really... Uh... <laughs> I, I've, I ran out of my liquor. I just got a new stash today, uh, but it definitely it, it, it took a toll on me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to recover from that and, and try to, you know, put my best lineup out there. You know, this the, the good thing is that I, I will have Patrick Mahomes just go around and maybe Austin Eckler comes back from IR. Um, you know, and I, I, I obviously George Kittle, I'm, I'm keeping him basically just because of the playoffs. Um, and hopefully he comes back if I make the playoffs. But maybe I have a little bit more firepower, but I'm pff, now that he potentially has uh, Christian McCaffrey, I'm, I'm, that is just even scarier. And I, I don't want to, I don't even, I'm going to start drinking now, actually. <laughs> start? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. <laughs> Moving on to our next game. Uh, Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge going into town to take on Dave Peschens, the Little Sebastians. Uh, Charlie projected to win this one 112 to 96.7. Charlie uh, has already gotten good games out of Kyler Murray with 20.2 and Carlos Hyde with 17.5. Projected to get 14.7 out of Will Fuller and 14.4 out of Kareem Hunt. On the other side, Dave... That projection does include Mike Davis's 18.3, which we expect he will not have. And he has no running back there. So we would have to go back here and look at what Mike is giving up from a running back perspective, which is not good because, okay, Jonathan Taylor's 9.9 is probably what Dave's going to have to play here. So let's put Dave more in a projection of about 100 even. So, uh, Dave is playing Matt Stafford, 18.1 projected. DeAndre Hopkins uh, was projected 19.9, but only got 10.1. That game already happened. Christian Kirk was projected 12.4, only got 9. So, already Dave off to kind of a rough start in a game where he really needed somebody to show up. So, we'll see if he does. So, let's call this projection 112 to 100. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> well there's two different projections for yeah, Dave. It's, yeah. it's all over the place oh because it's going off original projections instead yeah. of i see i see okay so let's take eight off the 96 or the 97 <laughs> and we're looking at 89 so 112 to 89 we'll call that the projection uh vince we'll start with you well, I do want to correct myself. So I was thinking that that Mike was going to be able to play Christian McCaffrey, but now I realize that Christian McCaffrey's out, and that's why you were mentioning Mike Davis. Uh, so knowing that, uh, you know, assuming is uh, making that assumption that that trade goes through in time, 
And now that Dave loses Mike Davis, who's projected for 18.3 this week, uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, I think is around the same, but, um, but you know, he's, he's already got two wide receivers locked. Uh, and, and so he's on bye week. Oh, well, there we go. So, <laughs> so, oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So he couldn't even play. It's, it's, I mean, that alone is just huge. I mean, he's already, he already, uh, can't use, uh, Mike Davis and then, and then can't use Stefan Diggs. So this trade basically cancels out his week. Um, and so I'm just going to go ahead and say that there's no way Matthew Stafford, I already banked on him once. I know Derek, you banked on him once and, uh, and I just don't think he's going to pull this off and, and pull the victory out for Dave. So I'm obviously going to go with Charlie. Joe, you know what? Not so fast here. So here's, <laughs> here's how I see this happening. I think Michael Thomas and Will Fuller are in for down weeks. Uh, so at, well, I know New England's coming to Houston, which, like, with the inconsistent play, uh, uh, you know, Deshaun, I mean, the, the Deshaun Jackson and, and, and Houston put up seven against against the Browns. And, I mean, I don't think anybody's saying that the Browns' defense is, like, a, you know, formidable defense. So, like, I think that offense is going to struggle. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas with whoever the hell uh, New Orleans is going to put at quarterback is is a is is it is it not a questionable start but an interesting start i'll say for uh for charlie so with that said i like i kind of like stafford at carolina and really what i think is gonna what this game is gonna boil down to <laughs> is the sunday night game and how the chiefs defense does so like i think it's i think it's gonna be a tight one and i'm I, like just with those those two receivers, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards a little Sebastian's. I think that he's going to pull an upset, and Matt Stafford's going to put up like 25 plus in Carolina, and Dave's going to pull up the upset. That's a facet. So I agree. I think this game's going to be closer than it's projected, and I'm going to go on the limb and say I don't think either game gets to 100 because as I look at Charlie's roster. Like how much were we really expecting? How much were we expecting Detroit to do? I agree. Michael Thomas not going to have a good game because you either have Taysom Hill and we don't know if he can toss the ball or not, and you have Jameis Winston who throws a lot of interceptions. So I'm not sure Michael Thomas is going to have much of a game. Will Fuller, it'll depend, but New England's defense can be tough. Uh, Noah Font, fans, eh, eh. Uh, and then Kareem Hunt. Who knows if it's a Kareem Hunt game or a Nick Chubb game or if either guy can get going. I agree, Joe. I, I think I'm going to go with Charlie just because I think he does have more weapons. And we've already seen kind of disappointing game from DeAndre Hopkins. But I don't think either game breaks 100. And I think it's going to be a fun one, um, a close defensive battle. But I'm going to take Charlie at the end of it. Well, you know, if Young Hoku, Young Hoku can put another 20-point game up, then I think that seals the deal. Oh, I would love it. Um, and then looking to playoffs, Charlie's pretty much going to coast into the playoffs here. So he's got Dave this week, and then he goes Tyler and Steve. So if he can if he can escape Dave this week, um, yeah, he's he's pretty much going to be a lock. He's going to be fighting with Kalen for top spot, but top two get buys. So uh, as long as he stays a in that in that realm, he's gonna be he's gonna be a lock for the playoffs and probably the bye week. Moving on here to Vince Gorgonzola's Mahomes improvement. 
taking on Steve Groover's threat level midnight. This is projected to be a fairly close one, but Vince is projected to lose 119.5 to Groover's 130.3. Vince, you already got a pretty good game out of Kenyon Drake, who put up 16, projected for 12. Patrick Mahomes going up against the Raiders, projected for 24.4. I'm seeing a lot of teens here for you. On the other side for Groover, Justin Herbert's been having a great season. He's projected 21.6. James uh, Robinson, Robinson, yeah, Robinson, James Robinson projected 17. Miles Sanders, 17. Julio Jones, 18. So uh, kind of an overall good game projected for Groover. We'll see if he can come back out of the slump that he's been in to maybe get that fourth win. Uh, Joe, we'll start with you. What? Uh, who wins this game? So I think that the key here is going to be the the flex matchup. And because of that, I'm going with Vince with Tyler Boyd at Washington. I think that, like, I, it, like I'm calling at least a touchdown for Tyler Boyd. Um, I think that uh, Joey Joey Burrows has been playing well for especially for a rookie. So I like Tyler Boyd in that spot with that. I mean Washington. I, I mean I I don't know what the record is, and I, I honestly I haven't really been following how they're doing, but I their, their defense is well like at least when they played the Browns was definitely struggling, and like. If so, you know, across the board, I see a lot of even matchups. I like I like a lot of stuff, but I think it's going to come down to that flex matchup and the QB matchup. And you got you know, Patrick Mahomes coming off a bye week. Andy Reid, that guy's chock full of hot dogs and donuts. I mean, he's going to be ready <laughs> to coach. So it's it's happening. Mahomes is Mahomes is going to have a big game. Uh, it, like and and Herbert is too. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, against the Jets, like, how can you? Like that that whole that whole offense, but I think that it's going to be kind of even across the board, and I think what it's going to boil down to is just kind of a few key things. And I like the the flex matchup with Tyler Boyd v. Uh, Jamison Crowder. So I'm going with Vince. Joe, I agree with you here. I'm going to go Vince also, and I I agree with I, I'm interested in the Tyler Boyd thing myself because Joe Burrows has been lights out he's been fantastic and Patrick Mahomes Sunday night prime time he's going to be looking good Vegas is not a bad team but Patrick Mahomes is going to be full tilt he's going to be on it the one thing that um, I'm a little bit concerned about is that Buccaneers defense um, going up against the the Rams on Monday night I don't know how good that matchup's going to be. That's the one that has me pausing a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be enough. I think Vince takes this one in the upset. Vince, how do you feel going into this game? I appreciate the confidence in my team to take out uh, Steve. I, you know, while while I bashed Steve quite a bit earlier in, in the in the podcast, um, I know I still have to always be fearful of what his team could potentially do. So I'm not going to count him out and. Uh, um, I do feel pretty good about, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes coming back from by fully rested. Um, and, and I can just only hope that Justin Herbert's, uh, you know, and the Chargers, they they come out quickly and, and score and then basically run the ball for the rest of the game. 
Um, you know, for me, I, I see uh, AJ Brown. He's been hit or miss. He either has a really good game, or he's injured, or he's uh, he just you know barely has anything. So uh, that's a tough one for me. I'm not even sure if I'm going to start him at this point. I might put in Marvin Jones Jr. He had a really good game last week. So um, I have a lot of decisions still to make. Um, I will say that Tyler Boyd is probably one of the most underrated wide receivers right now when it comes to, you know, not in the number one wide receiver, but uh, he, he provides a lot of value for how much I was able to get him for. Um, and and I'm just hoping that uh, he pays off for me and, and can beat Jamison Crowder in that flex position um, and, and can, can, can pull off a win here. But um, obviously, uh, I'm not confident going in. I still don't have Austin Eckler or George Kittle as they're on IR, so... Uh, I can only uh, I can only hope that I can pull this one off. But um, uh, as you mentioned, Kenyon Drake starting off good. It makes me feel much better uh, going into the weekend. But um, I'm I'm still got my fingers crossed. Derek, hey, you mentioned the defenses, and I will say that Steve starting the Browns D, uh, he's losing at least basically statistically a stat a sack and half a forced fumble because Garrett is out. On the COVID, like on COVID protocol this week, so yes. um, I so so I, I think like in this kind of tight matchup that we're predicting, that defensive uh, that defensive component, uh, like I agree that none of those nobody looks at those two defenses and says, oh wow, those are um, uh, you know elite defenses. So I think that that's something to consider that we haven't really touched on yet. But as a Browns fan, um, I that was. Uh, I think that I, I was looking at the lines, and that that definitely changed some lines. That that Garrett's out, and that was a huge blow as a Browns fan that he will not be playing on Sunday. So screw Philly and those birds. All right. Covid uh, <laughs> strikes again. Moving into our Sacred Heart game of the week, we see Kalen Kings, Ben Bob, Kalen Kings, Bob Roethlisberger's. Eight and two going in to take on Kevin Hulix. Four and six jump the chart. Kalen projected to take this one 128.7 to 119.2. Kalen has already had DK Metcalf play with 13.6. Projected 20.1 out of Ben Roethlisberger. That Ben Roethlisberger versus Bob Roethlisberger thing, super difficult. Nick <laughs> Chubb projected 14.3. If we remember, Kareem Hunt was projected pretty high too. Only one of those two guys is likely going to go off. Um, I've been wrong before. Josh Jacobs, 15.8. Travis Kelsey, 18.7 is the projection. On the other side for Hulick, he's had Russell Wilson already play. He got 20.08. Derrick Henry projected 16.8 going up against Baltimore. James Conner projected for 15. Chase Claypool projected for 16 in that overall projection of 119.2. So Vince, we'll start with you. Who wins this game? You know, I, I, I am actually quite amazed. I didn't even realize that Travis Kelsey is number one in the tight end position. And we, we were talking about Travis Kelsey previously, you know, uh, in, in seasons and, and how well he was doing. And and he's just constantly putting points up and, and projected for 18.7. Good Lord. I think that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, uh, Kevin's had quite a slump here in this league, and uh, um, I, 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 I don't know um, for for Kalen coming off of a, of a loss here. You know, I think uh, I think Kevin 
has a shot here to to keep the momentum going in his favor. Uh, and um, there's a there's a couple of tough matchups. Obviously, he's kind of uh, Pittsburgh dependent here with James Conner. Chase Claypool and the the Steelers defense, but uh, versus Jacksonville, I think he's got a great shot for all those players over projecting uh, or perform outperforming their projection. Um, and despite all of his bye weeks and uh, players that he's got, I think that he can pull this one off and 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 take it uh, and and give Kalen another loss, making the Einstein's division even more uh, competitive. Jeff. So, you know, Vince touched on a lot of the points that I had. So I, I, I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give not a real answer, but uh, I'm going to say it anyway. I think that if Connor and Claypool, between the two of them, have two touchdowns, Kevin wins. If not, Kalen wins. Like, it's just it, – it's going to boil down to that Pittsburgh-Jacksonville matchup and that's it. Like every, every everybody else, I think is just gonna kind of average out to be about even. I mean, the like, and I, I know Kalen last week got dealt a tough blow with the, uh, you know, with the Nick Chubb walking out at the one yard line. Um, and I think that it, like depending depending on where Big Ben distributes the ball that's going to determine how his week's going to go. And if, and really, I think combined between Connor Claypool, if those guys have two touchdowns plus Kevin takes it. Jacksonville Jaguars have given up the fourth most points in the NFL, uh, which is just an incredibly remarkable stat. And I'm looking real quick. There's too many to count here, but their points for our 199, which are amongst the lowest. So the fact that that Kevin is Steeler dependent from the Steelers defense, uh, James Conner and Chase Claypool, this is a good game to be Pittsburgh dependent. Um, the Jags are only one in eight. So I think Pittsburgh's going to carry Kevin to victory here. One thing to keep an eye on, though, is that Kalen has not yet updated his roster, or maybe has, I'm not sure, but Ezekiel Elliott's still on the bench, uh, projected 15.7, potentially taking the place of Nick Chubb, who's only projected 14.3. So um, if that changes anything, Ezekiel Elliott going up against Minnesota, for me it doesn't. I think (laughs) think you're going to see big games out of these Pittsburgh guys um, and multiple touchdowns for both. And, you know, I'll go ahead and say at least one touchdown for the Steelers defense special teams, too. Uh, I think this one's going to be close. I think it's going to be Kevin in a landslide. So, so Derek, I will point out just a simple stat line here. Um, so I'm, I'm going to run through uh, Zeke's performance up through week five when Dak went down. So uh, Zeke scored 28 points in week one, 22 in week two, 18, then 21, then 24. And then in week six, drops all the way down to 12 points. And then in the past three weeks, six points, eight points, and nine points. And then he had a bye week, obviously. So, I mean, it is very clear that Zeke's performance since Jack went out has cut in half, if not almost 33%. Yeah, and and so ESPN has these projections, boom or bust. And so he's projected a 15.7 
So to quote unquote boom would be to get 22.4 points or more, and to bust would be to get less than or equal to 6.5. ESPG, ESPN projects the, a 9% boom probability and a 26% bust probability. So getting to 15.7, the projection is going to be fairly difficult for Zeke. Um, the likelihood, like you're saying, Vince, is that he's going to be less than that and potentially significantly less than that. So I, I, and that's why I kind of hesitated saying, you know, maybe Kalen hasn't set his lineup because there's a good chance he has. And at this point, I would probably take the chance on Chubb, um, you know, against Philly versus putting Zeke in there at this point. Uh, but if you're Kalen, it, it can't make you feel too comfortable going to the playoffs knowing that Ezekiel Elliott is essentially, you know, getting the numbers of a, of a backup. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that maybe Kalen's also playing uh, the matchup here with putting Ben Roethlisberger in because, I mean, honestly, Aaron Rodgers, he's ranked fifth right now in quarterbacks where Roethlisberger's only 12th. And, uh, and, and both quarterbacks coming off a really good week, but Aaron Rodgers obviously have been putting up a lot of numbers recently. But knowing that Ben is playing Jacksonville and that if he throws it to James Conner or throws it to Chase Claypool, that, you know, it's kind of a, 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 a just negates it, uh, the game for him. I think he might be playing that card. Um, and I don't, I'm thinking about that. I'm not sure how that that's going to factor into this. Uh, obviously, if uh, uh, if 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 both James Conner can run and Chase Claypool gets all the touchdowns, then it's not going to be good for Ben uh, for uh, for Bob's Roethlisberger's. Right. And I mean, those are his two favorite targets. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be I'm excited about this one. This is going to be a fun game. I, I don't think the projection tells the story for this game. All I know is that I might be ordering uh, the uh, NFL red zone or whatever it is to make sure I can watch this Pittsburgh game. <laughs> All right, boys, that'll do it for the conference call presented by McLaren's Pub. Joe, thank you for joining us. It, uh, it's been nice to chat with you in the commissioner role. Um, this will, this will, like you said, go on to be one of our longer podcasts this season, um, maybe ever. But I think we had some, uh, some good conversation in there. Yeah, you know what? It, it was a real, it was a real privilege to be a part of this. And you know what? I will take the title of longest podcast because I feel like we had a lot of great content. We talked about a lot of important stuff. And let's just, you know, let's keep them long. Let's keep them long, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. Nice. There it is. <laughs> I love the office reference right uh, right during the, the TV show year. Uh, Vince, thank you to you, too, for stepping in on short notice to, uh, to play co-host here. My pleasure. And, uh, Tony, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take over your job pretty soon. It's going to be the... Uh, the the frosty and gorgonzola podcast so just you know, just just watch out <laughs> that'll do it for another episode of the frosty and perenny podcast we are presented by steel valley media and proudly sponsored this episode by binford tools thank you to joe reedy vince gorgonzola and of course our other intern dave pestian you can catch us on apple podcast google podcast Podbean and Spotify. Vince, take it away, my friend. 